Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Newsgram. Today, you're going to meet an amazing woman named Annie Angelo. She's a very brave woman. She escaped France back in 1941. France was a very different country back then. In 1941, the Nazis occupied northern France and France's Atlantic coastline, all the way down to the border with Spain. It was a significant portion of the country, and she lived in an area called the Forbidden Zone. It was an area that Hitler and the Nazis had cordoned off, and they were using it as a springboard to invade Britain. Annie is no longer with us, but thankfully, she took the time to write down her experiences way back in 1949. She died in 1999, and uh, then COVID came along three, you know, three years ago. And I was just uh, rummaging through stuff, um, and I came across a, um, a briefcase full of her manuscript. That is Hugh Highland, Annie's son, who recently published her manuscript with the help of Ex Libris. Now, it contains a very detailed account of her life. Here's Hugh with a quick overview of his findings. It was divided into two sections. The first section was her being brought up in Scotland in the 1920s and having to escape from the clutches of her wicked father to France as a governess in the 1930s. And then the, the second genre was her actually being in the, um, the northwest of France in the 1940s. 40 to 41, the Germans came through and she joined the, um, the French resistance and then eventually she had to escape to, uh, to get back to uh, Scotland. That's the, the basis behind everything. The two sections of her manuscript have now been compiled into two different books. The first one is called A Sprig of White Heather and a Scottish Lass. And in that one, she talks about her childhood in Invergordon, Ross Shire, in the Highlands of Scotland, where she lived until she was 20. It was not a very happy childhood. In fact, she says it was one of hatred, heartbreak, fear, disillusionment, and despair, which is why she left and went to Europe. Getting out of her clutches of her father and going to Lille in the northwest of France in the 1930s. And for a moment, all seemed right with the world. She enjoyed France, and it was there that she fell in love, in a rather unusual way. One evening, she was in a motor accident. She got run into by a British army vehicle, and that's where she met Gerald. She fell in love with him then, and he was around and, um, while the Germans were still on the other side of the border. But then he had to get back to England once the, the Germans crossed over and the British withdrew, and she was left stranded there. She tried to get out, but she was unsuccessful. So she stayed, taking care of the house, which turned into a hotel, but it was still a home. She also joined the French Resistance. In Chapter 1, she writes about how Gerald came and went, and life dragged on. She talks about seeing the skies black with planes all day long, and she knew that one day she was going to lose her home. The story's got a bit of everything. It's, you know, part of the story is her upbringing, finding a new life in France and also throughout uh, Europe. And then the second part of the story is actually in the war and the escape and all the horrendous things that happened during the war. And also the love story that intermingled with, with all of that. 
Another thing I found interesting about this story was the various themes that she explores. One of them is nature versus nurture. How our lives are shaped by circumstances beyond our control. Is all of this a preordained fate that we're just destined to live out? Are we consciously or unconsciously in control of our lives? Are we being shaped by our environment and the choices of our parents? Here's an excerpt from The Forbidden Zone, 1940. Chapter 1. Reflections. What a contrast to the stark life in Scotland where I've been brought up. Some people think we ourselves are responsible for what we become, but it's not so. What we are is almost completely due to the things beyond our control. We make some decisions, yes, of course, but they're really only relatively small ones. Even they are made in the light of what's happened to us in the past. Shakespeare makes Cassius in Julius Caesar say, The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars but in ourselves, that we are underlings. But he is wrong. Primarily, we are the result of the genes we inherit from our parents. After we're born, the lives our parents have lived have their effect on us. We are further shaped by the place we live, the climate, and what happens to us in our formative years. Everybody we meet has an influence on us, either good or bad. I'd tolerate my father's harsh treatment while growing up, not because I wanted to, but because I had no choice. I hoped I had not inherited his heartlessness and selfishness. She had pluck, she had courage, she was a survivor. She could sort of uh, manage to survive and not give up. So that was one one thing. Another theme was the, the love the, in the first part, the first few months where uh, she and Gerald were getting very, very close together before he had to disappear. Then there's the cruelty of war. You know, you have the stories of the, the refugees all being machine guns and all the rest of it. And a lot of that you sort of see happening right now in Ukraine. History tends to um, repeat itself. History does repeat itself. One of the nice takeaways here is that while this story may sound familiar, it's very different in a number of ways because mainly it's a true story. And there are other recollections and visuals that you'll enjoy, kind of like this one. She used to tell me about some of the horrendous things, escaping from the northwest of France down to Paris initially with the refugees and being machine gunned and dead horses and bomb craters and you name it. It was so horrendous in winter up there, they had no food, it was freezing cold. So occasionally she would go up to a German soldier and kick him in the shin just to get thrown into jail where she could get get a couple of days of food. Plus, this story takes place in a very specific region of France. This is specific to the Forbidden Zone. And most of the people that I've talked to, they said, what's the Forbidden Zone? Why did it get its name? What was so special about it? So that was a sort of a, a very niche area uh, as before when the Germans were in, preparing to invade England and they had everything locked down even more so up there. So this story is basically of how civilians were living in the Forbidden Zone in the middle of winter, no food, no heating. That was a very sort of austere survival, you know, the Germans would come along and shoot people for the sake of shooting them. 
You can't say enough bad things about Nazis. They are the absolute embodiment of evil. And I think we all understand that. But I'll leave you with this. There are lots of things to like about Annie Angelo's manuscript. The parenting issues. The romance. The various themes that we talked about earlier. But also the reminder that history does repeat itself. And if reading about how things were can do anything to help keep us from repeating the sins of our past and the days of Nazism, then in my opinion, it's time well spent. Hugh Highland just published his mother's original manuscript written way back in 1949. It's available in two different books, A Sprig of White Heather and a Scottish Lass, and the most recent, The Forbidden Zone 1940. For anyone interested in history or the German occupation during World War II, or how a young lady was able to survive the hardships and cruelty of war. And that will do it for this edition of Newsgram from webtalkradio.com.